So you bought rental properties so they can create more time and financial freedom, but the problem is you're spending a lot of time managing the properties. How do we automate our properties so that it's creating more time instead of costing it? How do we as landlords protect our investments, our time and our progress so that we can scale our portfolio? That's the question we're going to answer in this podcast. My name is Sam Kwok and this is the Landlording Automated Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Sam Kwok here, one of the Kwok Brothers, and welcome back to another episode of the Landlording Automated Podcast. And we have another episode where we're solving landlord problems, which we have Amber. Welcome, Amber. Hello. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, Amber, um, I just want to make sure that everyone knows um, you are a millennial and you have invested in real estate. How, How old are you? I am 22, just turned 22. That is awesome. So 22 years old, one rental property, one rental, another property under contract, which is a short sale. Um, so tell me briefly, what, what is your struggle or challenge? Um, must be hard being 22, by the way. Um, <laughs> what's your challenge? What do, you, what do you feel like you need help in terms of your landlording uh, business? Yeah, great question. So moving forward, I just want to be able to scale as much as possible. Um, my big why is I want to create more opportunities for my future family. Currently, um, I'm not married. I don't have any children. But as I look forward to the future, I want to be able to create as many opportunities for my family and um, children as possible. Um, and so I want to be able to replace my full-time job income um, with um, cash flow from rental property. Um, and that would allow me to be able to spend as much time with my kids and my family in the future as I can. Nice. And what do you do? What do you do right now as a full-time job? I'm currently a professional fundraiser for a major healthcare organization. Awesome. Awesome. And that, that goes right again, right? That's awesome because that goes right in hand in hand in terms of raising money period, right? For, right. For, you know, so you have probably you have the most perfect job for the, for this, for, for being a, a landlord and being a real estate investor. So, um, so what, what is your big scale? What is the, what is the, um, uh, the big question at hand that needs help? I guess the, the major goal for me is I would like to, um, be able to cash flow 140 grand a year. So right now I only have, okay. uh, one house, so that's not possible with one house. So yeah. I need to, um, really scale up as fast as I can in okay. order to be able to create my reality of the dreams yeah. that I have. I like that you have a very specific number because every time I ask other landlords, like, Hey, how much do you want to make? Like, I, I don't know I, as much as I could. Right. Mm-hmm. So I love that you have a specific goal, which, um, I, I think you have a pretty good shot. A lot of times when you, when you don't have a target, you don't know how to hit it or where to hit right. it. Right. So, um, okay. So the problem is you want to get to $140,000 a year net cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing debt free as well. You want to be able to pay off all your debt. Yeah. Um, actually I graduated college debt free. Um, I don't have any car payments. I currently live at home, uh, for a hundred bucks a month. I pay my parents in rent. So, um, yeah, that'd be nice though to continue to, to be uh, personally debt free. Perfect. So $140,000 in cash flow really doesn't matter how it comes, whether it's a one property or it's 20 properties, it's just a matter of scaling to that cash flow number. Right. Okay. So, um, I got a couple questions for you before we kind of dive into what I believe is a good solution based on my opinion. Um, do you have any teams right now, team members, anyone helping you or anyone that's working directly for you? Uh, no, thankfully my dad is a real estate investor himself. So I bounce some ideas off of him. Um, I help him lease his properties. He helps me get bids for contractors and such in my property, but no official team members yet. Okay. Got it. And where do you, so 
um, when, I, when I talk about real estate investing as a business, right, it's like any other business. And I love, although I, I'm terrible at sports, like you can ask my brother, I'm like, I cannot catch a ball. Um, I'm terrible at sports, but I do understand that in a sporting team, whether it's football, basketball, right, there's always a position. So where do you think do you fit in the position? Do you feel like you're more so on the property management side? Do you feel like you're more so on the raising money side? Um, do you more so feel like you're in the acquisition side? What would you, how would you describe your skill set that fits inside of this, this business called real estate investing? Well, um, as a professional fundraiser, I have a lot of skills in raising money and relationship mm -hmm. building. So okay. I could definitely see myself excelling in the acquisition side and raising capital and such. Um, I just don't have as much experience there. Mm -hmm. um, I am cool with property management. I've done yeah. that for my house. I helped my dad lease his houses. So leasing property is not a problem for me. Mm. Um, the one thing I'm definitely not good at is all the trade stuff. I'd like to learn a little uh, bit more, but I know that's not going to be my strong suit in that there's not as many systems that can be systems and processes that can put in place with potential flips in the future. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that helps you out. <laughs> what, what gets you, what gets excited in real estate investing? What is the one single activity you're like, ah, oh, this is like amazing. I want to do this every day in my life. Um, definitely researching deals. So on the okay. acquisition side, just running numbers, seeing if what the cash flow could be on a property. Um, that's what gets me really excited because okay. it leads me, I feel like it leads me directly to my goal of that 140 cash flow mm. per year. That's good. Um, that's awesome because you, a lot of times um, business owners, and this is not just, this isn't just landlords. Um, and I think the, the biggest mistake I see a lot of landlords make is they don't treat their business like a business, right? It's all, it's always, yeah, it's extra money I make. Um, you know, it's whatever. Um, but I think uh, a couple of things that you're doing really good at right now is you've, you figured out how to tie an activity to your goal, right? A lot of people are like, I want to make a million dollars, but what is that, that one single activity that's going to tie you directly to the impact and the result of that goal. So that's good. Um, so you love doing acquisition. You love analyzing, running numbers, looking at deals, right? Um, what do you hate doing, doing the most? In, in terms of landlording and property management? There, there's um, always one. <laughs> probably the labor. Um, I mean, the, the two weeks of remodeling my first property that I bought was yeah, fun because yeah. I was making memories with my dad and uncle, but right. it was definitely a very time consuming in a, in a small amount of time. Um, and I know that I couldn't do that day in and day out. Okay. I would want to outsource that to a general contractor to be able to do. Okay. So looking at yourself, um, and I think this is true, uh, whether, you know, we're being critical or not of our own, but what do you wish that you could start doing that privatized to the goal, $140,000 net cash flow? Um, buying as much property as I can. <laughs> okay. Got it. Cool. Cool. So, um, so let's kind of recap and assess your situation. Um, and let me kind of spit back based on what I think I, how I understood your situation. So when to get to $140,000 net cash flow, um, you know, you, you, you work with your dad, which is awesome, by the way. Um, great way to kind of establish family legacy. Um, love doing acquisition, but hate doing the labor, the trade. Um, and you don't really dabble on that side. Um, you want to start being able to obviously buy more properties, but you want to be able to do it fast. And also keeping in mind that you want to protect those assets as, as, as much as possible. Is that, am I pretty? Yes. Okay, cool. So I think based on the situation, and I'll tell you from how we're scaling right now, because I think you and I are kind of the same boat, but I'm in the more of the latency stage of I've scaled, but let's like really scale, right? Um, you know, I bought my first round of property in 2017. 
and then I started scaling from there. Um, so I'm in the kind of the latency stage. So there's four stages in any business. There's um, the creation stage, right? I have an idea. Um, for you, the idea was, hey, I want to buy a property. I want to provide the service of being a landlord, providing good quality housing. And that was the creation. Um, and then you found yourself to be profitable, right? And then there's scaling and there's exit. So I know a lot of landlords say, oh, I don't want to exit. I want to keep it, right? Well, exit could be that, right? Exiting is maybe letting the cash flow just kind of run and you don't have to do anything. You just kind of sit back and relax and take care of your family. So right now you're, you're sort of in between the... Um, the scaling stage and the profitability stage. You're somewhere in between there. Um, so you're trying to figure out how to, how to multiply yourself. So I think the best suggestion slash advice I can give to you and, and many other landlords that are stuck at property number one is you need to start identifying where you fit in the business model. Um, you know, you said, hey, I love doing acquisitions. So maybe that's where you're at, but you hire or you put together a team that's, that's all about trade, that's all about the actual construction side of things. Uh, but also you may also think, think about uh, partnering with someone that is all about raising money, or maybe that's you, right? Maybe you do acquisition and raising money, but you may need somebody to do property management or to do, take, kind of take care of the back end stuff, right? You, so if you imagine yourself like a spear, right? You're the spearhead, but you, you want someone to kind of play the, the, the shaft, so to speak, right? So everyone, in a business, especially real estate investing, everyone's got a position. At first, you may play all, all position. You might, you're going to be the goalkeeper. You're going to be the, the striker. You're going to be the, the attack and defense, right? You can tell I suck at sports because I don't know any of the <laughs> Um So you're going to have to play all, that, all the position at once, right? You kind of have to be a generalist. Um, but what I found myself quickly is that uh, I may not be the best acquisition or money-raising guy, but I can get opportunities in, in front of front of our team and also I'm a phenomenal uh, manager so I can manage properties pretty well and I can I can do a lot of the marketing so right now in, in my stage of business uh, we're we're putting together a hedge fund a private equity so syndication hedge fund they're all kind of in the same space um, my job in that space is I'm the marketing guy I, I, I look for opportunities I look for people I, I get us to where everyone knows who we are right um, but I don't do any acquisition stuff. That's, that's with Daniel, right? Uh, raising capital, same thing. That, that goes with Kevin. So right now I have, I mean, let me just count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven people on our team um, to manage what could very much potentially be an eight-figure fund uh, in the next two to three years. So, um, so right now you can draw, I, what I would do as an exercise is draw like a pie, like a circle, and then divide that pie by different positions, right? So you put yourself in acquisition and raising money and be the best acquisition and money raising person in the history of all real estate investing, right? And then find someone who's going to do the property management and can take care of the property. And then obviously that property manager um, is either getting paid as an employee or that may be a vendor that you pay a percentage of the rent. Um, or, you know, they... they they have 50% or whatever percentage of your company, um, wh whatever that may look like. So um, I think the, big, the next step for you is delegation and team building. Um, and I think that's the fastest way to build um, a company. And, and it doesn't have to be a partner, right? It could be uh, an employee that works for your company and they get paid a salary. Um, that might be more feasible when you have more numbers, right? But at first you may have to work with a partner um, and that, that's, that might be the way to go, right? Um, Another thing you could look at is maybe a partner of yours is a realtor, a realtor or a real estate broker. 
um, a partner of yours is a, a banker. Um, so just putting them in a, in a, in a key, in a, in a pie chart can definitely help you. Um, you know, how do I take this team and start building the portfolio? Right. So that's how I was able to go from at least zero to 75. Uh, my brother was, was the capital raising guy. Um, I was the marketing guy. And then we had another partner at the time. He was a real estate broker who played the property management part. Um, so I've, I've sort of kind of, I took over that role being the property management part. And Daniel, my brother is now the acquisition of raising money part. So that's, that's how we scaled pretty quickly um, within a year. Awesome. Yeah. So do you have any questions for me as far as any other point of clarity that, that I, I mentioned, maybe something that may have lost you a little bit, anything that you feel like, okay, can, can you explain more? I think it definitely makes sense to be able to start building my team um, and putting those systems and processes in place for mm -hmm. me to be able to, to be able to manage the team as well from the get go. Um, yeah. I've watched my dad, he's partners with my uncle. They own 12 single families in the same exact town. They bought them, you know, 15 to 20 years ago, haven't done much updates with them. Mm -hmm. um, they're very comfortable with where they're at. And so I'm ready as the next generation to, to come in with my own real estate investment strategy and um, tweak it how I need to, to be able to grow and scale beyond the 12 that they own right. um, so that I can provide even more opportunities for my children. And that's not going to be possible to go from zero to a hundred units right. with just myself. So that makes sense to definitely um, figure out, identify which um, kind of team member I want to, to bring on board or to partner with. Yeah. And then also remember um, one thing that I made, both Dana and I made a mistake of is um, I know it, it can be very um, tempting to hire someone based on purely on merit, but also look at their heart as well. Right. Mm -hmm. It's very important that, um, you know, they, they, they treat their people with respect, right. Um, if they have their own team, um, or, and they're just respectful in general. And then they align, they align with your goals as well as, um, you know, some of the, the, the ethics, right. Um, fortunately I, along the way, I partnered up with some, some good people, um, and bad people at the same time. So kind of look, look out for, 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 uh, you know, individuals and their ethics, um, you know, and I like to say partner with someone that no matter what business you go into, they'll always, ha they'll always have, they'll always have your back. And at the same time, you know, you can grow a business with them and it doesn't matter if you start a restaurant business with them, you can start a, uh, you know, a, 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 an ice cream truck business, right? Just being funny here. Ice cream, I don't, it doesn't matter what business you start. I think yeah. as long as you have the right people and, the, and they have that skill set, uh, I think you can just about build any empire you want. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing you screen for, um, is, you know, their heart, where they're at, um, you know, and that might be a process of just time and, and building that relationship. Um, but that's very, very important. Um, you can get all the skill set and tell you want, but if they're not in the right place in, in, ter in terms of their heart and, and wanting to work in terms of a win-win situation, um, it can be very, very messy. Um, and, and also, the, you know, on a logistical side, you want to put all the agreements on paper, right? Operating agreement, partnership agreement, the whole nine yards. So I, I've seen a lot of bad, bad lawsuits go down uh, between partners and, and yeah, it hurts. So um, just another thing to keep that in mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, so as I um, purchased property number two, I'm already thinking about three and four. Nice. Um, I know, I think you guys are huge proponents of owner financing. Right. Um, I, 
do I've worked my butt off um, to get to the point where I am and I do have the cash flow um, or sorry, the, the cash reserves to be mm -hmm. able to buy, to put down payments on property number two, three, and four um, yeah. by this time next year. So I'm hoping to have four properties by this mm -hmm. time next year. Um, and then from there, I'm hoping to take the equity that I have in my properties to be able to get a HELOC. Mm -hmm. um, just wanted to throw that out there and see if you had any feedback on that. Yeah. So, um, a couple of things there. I don't know why my microphone just got really loud. Um, so a couple of things there. Um, number one, um, it's, it's so hard to, as, as 20 something, cause I'm 20 something. It's so hard to kind of, um, also exercise restraint when it's needed. Um, my brother says, says this a lot cause he's, he's a great acquisition guy. He, he always goes on to say, when you're looking at a deal, find all reasons not to do the deal first. Mm -hmm. Always, because when you protect the downside, the upside kind of takes care of uh, on its own. Mm -hmm. right? it's, you know, if you there's pitfalls ahead of you, if you can take care of all the pitfalls, it should be a pretty smooth ride from there. So, um, I would focus more so on, um, you know, what what the long term goal is, and every deal that you look at, it, you know, what are the reasons why I should not be doing the deal, right? Um, if there's even one or two pop up, you, you kind of have to assess the risk. Um, that's some of the mistakes I made early on is I just went aggressively. Hey, next deal, next deal, next deal, next deal. Right. Um, and then along the way I realized, oh shoot, like some of the deals I've done may not have been the best. Um, so at some point you may have to, um, exercise restraint, but restraint. And I think that's also where a team could, could also help having, you know, two or three other minds to kind of bounce back ideas with. And I think having a dad that obviously is a real estate investor, perfect resource. It's phenomenal. Um, another thing is, especially in the context of now, uh, more than anything, um, with, with the economy the way it is, I'm sort of wary about touching equity right now, um, mainly because what we've seen back in 2008, um, you know, people were taking equity and then recycling and buying new properties. Um, okay. I think that's, that's, that might be a too aggressive approach right now, especially when a lot of what we're seeing right now is what I like to say, phantom appreciation. Mm -hmm. uh, what a phantom appreciation is, is appreciation caused by easy financing, right? If, there's, if, if everyone can get a mortgage, right? You know, if you have a pulse and if you can get a mortgage, then the, there's more demand, right? There's more buyers be, being able to pay and, and finance the deal. Um, that pushes the home prices up artificially. So, so that's, that's something you got to be, be careful of. Um, but there's also organic appreciation whereby there's an actual population growth where there's new jobs, new growth, um, and that's actually pushing the, the, the appreciation of the property. But I think right now, more than ever, we're seeing a lot of artificial growth again, a lot of phantom appreciation. So um, what sucks about phantom appreciation is it's always malleable to what the market does. Um, it, it can go up, it can go down. So right now at, at this very moment, I'd be very cautious about taking any equity out. I would do more so about how do we, how do I protect my equity so that mm -hmm. when the, when we do go through a recession and kind of bottoms out, then I can go and start touching a little bit of my equity knowing that, okay, even my own properties, I've bottomed down when it comes to the value of the property, right? Cause if I start at, let's say my home value or my property value is a hundred thousand dollars and you know, I take $80,000 out to go buy a new property but all of a sudden the, the recession hits and, and there's a correction, uh, my market value goes down by let's say 20, 
well, now I'm underwater, right? Right. So I always try to look at, um, you know, how do I protect my equity? And if, if, there, if, the, if the recession happened and it bottoms out, and let's say my new home value, the, the, new, value, the new value of my rental property is at, let's say, seventy dollars or $80,000, getting an 80% on that doesn't hurt as much if I see another recession. In fact, I would ride with the, the recovery, um, and I, I would have built more equity that way. So that's just kind of my own thought process. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, it depends on the nitty gritty of what's really happening in the market. Right. Um, so another way, so the way that we were able to protect, I guess, some of the, our, our downside, and I'll, I'll share with, with you as, as far as what we've done to scale in our business model is uh, we didn't touch any of our own cash. We, we said, you know what? Our cash is our cash. I'm gonna, we're going to protect it. Like it's our last line of defense. Uh, what we've done is uh, we went out and raised a ton of money back in 2016, 2017. And then with, with combination of that, we went and done a ton of owner financing where we got on the way with 5% down, 10% down. Um, but, it, but at the same time, it wasn't bank financing to where we were sensitive to any sort of banking or market adjustments. So that's what we did. We, we used other people's money to fund the down payment we ate 50% of that equity. And then um, that way we didn't have any of our own cash involved. But at the same time, we created cash flow out of thin air, thin air, quote unquote, because we didn't put, a, put any of our own money in, in into the, to the deal. So that's sort of what we did. I think you're halfway there in, in that perspective. You know how to raise money from more of a charity side. Uh -huh. um, trust me, if, if you know how to money, raise money for the charity side, you know how to raise money for business side. Because if right, because there's a return. <laughs> exactly. If you, you, you can show that, hey, you can make money working with me. Um, and, and what's awesome is that you ha already have a property. So you can market that. You know, you, you, can, you can show proof, right? You have a track record now. Mm -hmm. For me, it was really hard to raise money because I didn't have any track record. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I went to an investor and said, well, I'm going to start a business. I need 60 grand. Could you do that for me? Right? I had like 80 no's until I had one person that said yes. And that ultimately started my track record. For you, you already have it. Have it. So it becomes a lot easier, much easier, if you can bank on the fact that you already have a rental property. Um, you know, you have some great experience in underwriting and analyzing deals already. And I think you can really, really monetize that skill set. Uh, go out to the marketplace or go out to the investors, especially now when the market, when the stock market's like doing this right now, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like, oh, do I really want to invest in stocks? Want to keep my money there? You know, here you can come in and say, Hey, um, you know, I, I, it, have you thought about investing in real estate with your, your with your money? And, um, you know, if I want to get into the more technical side, um, there is a way of using other people's retirement plan to, to invest in real estate. It's called self-directed retirement plan. So there's, there's a lot of different ways to do that right now. Um, so I think you go to family members or people that you know with capital and say, hey, how would you like to get into real estate with me? I already have a rental property. I got track record. Here's how it's performing now. If we can do the same for the next number two, number three, number four property, would you get in a business with me? Right? So that's a, that's a great way to start the conversation. And, and I think doing owner financing will even spice it up even more because now your, your partner knows that you're not, taking on that risk of working with a bank that who knows the next 12 to 24 months may screw with the consumers again, like we've seen in 2008. Right. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just looking at your situation. I think you have a really good foundation. Um, great numbers, by the way, and I'm not going to disclose the, 
you know, other, other figure, but I, I think you have phenomenal, uh, starting point to, to be ready to transition to, uh, stage three, which is going to be scaling your business. So I think you're going to do well. You, I mean, you're 22, you're not even 30 yet. Um, so you have almost no debt. I've, I mean, you're, you're better off than a lot of people starting out. So, so good for you, Amber. Right? Props to you. Thank you. Yeah. So any other point of clarity or question for me before we kind of wrap this up? Um, no, I think that's it. Thank you so much. All right. Awesome. So ladies and gentlemen, we got Amber. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, Amber, who wants to hit $140,000 net cash flow, uh, hopefully by next year, right? <laughs> um, and she's wanting to scale. She's doing a phenomenal job. She's got the, 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 the powder, so to speak, to be able to scale with uh, owner financing, raising capital. Um, she's interested in, in doing a short sale uh, for, for her next deal. So I think she's, she's got a great feature. Um, again, for those who have problems or, or you're looking at a challenge, uh, just like Amber, uh, send us an email or shoot me a message. We'll be more than happy to put you on a show where you'd be a guest and I'd be more than happy to solve your landlording problem. If you guys want to listen to the rest of the podcast or if you guys are watching this on YouTube, we are on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Definitely go subscribe. Subscribe uh, to our uh, to our Spotify channel. So, thank you, Amber, for joining on. Thank you for being my guest. I hope that this was very helpful for you. Yes, thank you so much. Alrighty. Hey, everybody. This is Sam Kwok here once again. I hope you enjoyed the episode of the Landlording Automated Podcast. Now, if you can automate all the same old repetitive tasks in your property management, how much time do you think you can save? Well, my team is launching a software called Flowmatics that can do just that. We want you to stop spending your precious time, energy, and stress and simply live your life. And that's what the software can ultimately do. So just head over to automatemyproperties.com and check out how Flowmatics can save you money, time, and energy by automating your properties. Again, that's automatemyproperties.com. Go and check it out and start living your life without the stress and waste of energy.